Yeah, here we go. Welcome to the Nookie Number Six episode of Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John X. Here with my illustrious guest, uh, illustrious guest, Mr. Robert Brooks. Yo, yo. Philadelphia's finest. And of course, from the city of Detroit, Michigan, Mr. Grant Lancaster. What up, though? What up, though? What's popping, y'all, this week? What's popping? Just sitting here enjoying the day. It's the lucky sixth episode. You have to remember the great man himself. Who was the guy? Um, Tesla. Don't forget the secrets of the three, the six, and the nine. The nine. Nikola Tesla. That's right. And this is the sixth episode, so be prepared for some powerful conversation. I don't know about that. First, we're going to get some BS out of the way. And the BS is the sports section when we're talking about the New York Jets, a local team that's near and dear to some of our hearts because we are in the New York area. No one on this particular show, I don't think they're actually near and dear to our hearts, are they? Anybody? Jet no, fans? when I was younger, when I was younger, nah, I was a I like the Jets. I don't give a shit about them now, but when I was younger, I liked the Jets. Well, they got Aaron Rodgers. You guys wanted to know what the trade was. It's, I don't remember it by heart, but it's like generally it's they swap first round draft picks. So the Jets had like the 15th pick. The um, Packers had the 13th pick. So now it's vice versa. Or actually the Jets had the earlier pick. They had the 13th. So they're swapping. So Green Bay's moving up two picks. They're getting an additional second round pick. The Jets are also getting, it looks like I would guess would be around a third round pick, which that's the next highest pick in the draft for this year. And then they're also swapping picks another somewhere else down there. And the Jets are also giving them a second round pick conditionally next year. That could be a first. So generally it's like they got them for practically nothing. It was more like get the hell out of Green Bay. We've had enough of you. And um, now he's the Jets' problem. And I say that because it's like the Jets are, they have not, they have luck like the other team that is in New York that rhymes with them, the Nets. If the, I say it's Nets' luck, though I'm a Nets fan. They also have Jets' luck. So even though things look good on paper for the Jets, I'm predicting they fail because that's generally what happens with them. Anybody. Anybody. I'll... Aaron Rodgers is done, man. Like I, I would go the other way with it. I, I, I think, I think it's a good trade for him. To really? be honest, yeah. And the reason I think it's a good trade is because they have a lot of pieces already. You got Garrett Wilson. You got uh, you got Garrett Wilson. You got the running back Brees Hall. You know, um, you got you got some pieces over there, man. And if Aaron Rodgers just comes to play, and the one thing that you know about Aaron Rodgers is when he played with that chip on his shoulder, he's a monster. And he going to be he going to be chipped up with, you know, what I mean, like he going to have a damn tree on his shoulder this this season because he got something to prove. Rob, you think he's washed so, up? Uh, you know, I mean, he's looked toasted the last two years. You know, maybe he wasn't all that engaged in Green Bay, but he's 39. At some point, Father Time catches up with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And usually it's a lot earlier than 39 at that position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
they taking it. They, they the Jets rolled the dice on this one. Well, the Jets still yeah, have that. that other quarterback sitting behind them, the uh, Wilson kid, and he was saying that he's not giving up his position easily. This was like months ago, and um, he's been very quiet and planning on basically if if Aaron Rodgers goes down, he's planning on trying to Wally Pip him. So I mean that could work out for them. Yeah. The well, best hey. the best you can hope from Garrett Wilson is that he learns how to play the position from Aaron Rodgers. From Aaron. Yeah. yeah. Well Aaron ain't That's teaching the best you can teaching. hope for him. Aaron's not teaching. He doesn't do that. Aaron no, it's, you, it's not it's you, not about teaching, him, but you watch about it. His day. Yeah. You you in the film room, you in the film room with him, so you hear you hearing what he got to say. You know, y'all having you know, you on the headphone you on the headset with him too during the game. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of you get a lot of information. So hopefully, you know, for for uh, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson is just way. When I watched him, he's just way too frantic as a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like he 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 has no calmness in the pocket. Everything is like his feet are on fire or something, and you you, you can't win like that. He got the the game has to slow down or, or he has to calm down. Well, yeah, that, that usually comes with time. So that was the quick segue into sports. Other than, you know, they got the draft coming up this week, NBA basketball. You know, of course, Rob, go ahead. If you wanted to say it before you said a pregame, go ahead, Rob, get it off. What, the, the Nets laid down? Laid down like, like a, dogs. Like, like a bashful puppy in front of the Sixers. They played game four. The, the Sixers played game four without Joel Embiid, well, and they still and, laid down. And still popped wouldn't even, Still wouldn't yeah. even give up, put up a fight. Like, really? <laughs> Come on. It was bad. But this is what happens when you trade two of the best players ever to play the game in the middle of the season and think you're going to get better. You know, I told these dudes, they're like, we, we just want to see guys that run around and have effort for our team. You know? I mean, last time I played the game of basketball and won a game, I put effort into that. So I always assume if you're winning basketball games, you're putting effort into what what you're doing. Now we're seeing, like, you know, effort, and now we've got people trying to figure out whether or not they're, they're really actually trying to win, you know, because they're losing, but they're hustling. They're hustling. P, you, you could always, there's always, everybody always thinks it's better uh, around the corner. But listen, let me get into this week, you know. This week has been a very interesting early part of the week. We saw, um, what it, for me at least, what I found was interesting. We saw Fox News, they fired Tucker Carlson after the Dominion Award was presented they settled with Dominion at $788 million. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you've heard it on every other station that you listen to. If you flip the stations, 50% of the stations of, that you're watching with news, maybe even more, have been talking about Dominion voting systems for the past, like, three, four years. How they were unreliable and how they were false machines and things of that nature. And we all know that Fox News was pushing that, and they lost their lawsuit. And the interesting things that came out during that were their, not just Tucker Carlson, but a lot of their staff 
in memos and their own text messages stating that they knew that the, that it was lying, but they had to push the narrative because that's what the people up top wanted Uh-oh. them to do to push the narrative, which is actually a bad thing. And um, now Tucker Carlson, the most influential cat in all of cable television, he is the new Rush Limbaugh in a lot of ways for it. He, the new modern, I wouldn't say because they're not on radio, but as far as influencers in that group, now he's a free agent. And two days later, Don Lemon is fired. No, you mean, you mean two hours later. Two hours like later. Those, those, two, those two cats got fired, you know, within an hour or two of each other. And that was, Don sort of had it coming to him. Mm-hmm. Um, Don's, been, Don's been acting like a diva for a while and, you know. But Tucker, you know, Tucker thought he was bulletproof. Tucker thought he could do whatever he wanted. Dominion didn't hurt him as much as the sexual harassment suit that's going on at Fox mm. by a former producer there against him because his show producer also got canned today. Mm. You know, along with Tucker, his lead producer also got canned. And that's the, there was a, there's a woman that is a, a suit that's starting this week against him. He's named in the suit uh, that they created a hostile work environment, sexually harassed her. So I think that had as much to do with it as the Dominion thing. Like, all their hosts are guilty in the Dominion thing. Well, I I know you're... I, I figured that this would be a good show for you, Rob, because that really is your professional world. The world of um, television, news, and entertainment. Uh, that's where you cut your teeth, right? And radio. That, that's... that. That's that, Those are my people. Um, the funny thing is, I, I don't know how you guys feel about them, but quite possibly the best writer slash performer on television the last 20 years is Keith Olbermann. Oh, absolutely. He is smart. He's witty. And more than that, he can put a sentence on paper and then he can bring that sentence to life on television. He does a podcast. And the guy who was running NBC who got fired, you know, they didn't mutually agree to part ways. He was sexually harassing uh, one of his air talent that he had an, an affair with, and he got fired. But he and Keith had had a run-in some years ago. And so between what happened to Tucker Carlson, what happened to this dude, like Keith was on, Keith on his podcast today was like, he was like a little kid. He was like, I'm going to sing the Schadenfreude song. <laughs> and then did. <laughs> wow. Wow. Man was happy. Oh, he was ecstatic, reveling in the in the downfall of his enemies. But is it really a downfall? You know, I'm watching the Don Lemon thing. They said like the um, they showed on on CNN or actually on Twitter the interview that they said killed Don Lemon with the Republican guy who's an Indian. He's an Indian um, conservative who's looking to run for president. Apparently, some people think that CNN is trying to push him has an agenda to push him. And what the dude was saying were a lot of offensive things about black people in our history. As far as, like, you know, telling the same old lies about civil rights and about freedom in this country and what it actually means and how it actually was for us. And Don Lemming actually came back and he was like, listen, how it's offensive for you to tell me how I should be offended about my history. And it was one of the times we we all know that Don Lemon has been selectively black over the over the years. Um, 
But mm. in this case, he was he was kind of right. But like you said, Robbie's been a diva to a certain extent. Well, I mean, he would call it like that's not what took him down. He interviewed Nikki Haley recently. Not recently. It was like a month and a half ago now. Two months, almost two months. And said that Nikki Haley, who was the governor of South Carolina, and Donald Trump was an ambassador under Donald Trump, said Nikki Haley is past her prime mm. as a candidate. And that's what started the ball rolling against him because he was already infighting with his two co-hosts on the morning show. Um, the two women that he works with on the morning show. One of them wasn't talking to him already because of some of the shit that he has said. And then for him to go on national TV and say that a woman has passed her prime to run for president when we got a 70-something-year-old dude in the office right now, um, that really didn't sit well with a lot of folks. Well, is it true? I mean, Nikki Haley just isn't a good candidate, basically. But, it's like... but you can say she's not a good candidate, but you can't say that she's passed her due date. You would never say Why? that. Donald Trump, Donald Trump right. and Joe Biden are both technically passed their due date but it was never a discussion point in the in the election it should so if it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a a conversation point for them then it shouldn't be for nikki haley who's considerably younger than that i won't say that you're wrong i won't say that you're wrong at all but why and you know what if someone had brought it up i would have gladly told them that they're both past their prime one of the big problems that i have with these people and this is, the, this is the part of it where I actually say, you people, because, you know, you people are the ones who select who runs for president, okay? And on one side, you pick old-ass decrepit, depends wearing Donald Trump. And on the other side, you got old-ass decrepit, depends wearing Joe Biden. And you have all these kids and these younger people, because everyone in the country is younger than those two. So it's like... You have all younger people complaining about what dad is getting ready to do to them instead of taking responsibility for this world that we live in. Why are we having these conversations about these expired candidates? And to me, Nikki Haley was expired before she even fucking nominated herself. It's like it's not even she's not qualified. Nikki Haley's issues are different issues. But the reason that we're sort of boxed into this thing is because... You know, American history, American tradition, like all of the worst rumors about Hillary, they believed those same things were true about Donald Trump and nobody gave a shit. Like we box ourselves in this corner because we not elected another brother and we definitely ain't elected a woman. Right. So who's left? Yeah. Well, I mean, in that context, we're talking about reality here. You know, I can understand how it's like this is the same thing about the the same argument that people have with the trans community that people have, you know, with identifying in different ways, because some people feel like it's not the truth. It's not a biological truth. Now, it's not a it may not be a biological truth that the Republicans will never elect a woman to run for president, but it's pretty close at least, you know, it may be a natural truth. You know, the hard, so the hard, the hard saying, right, the religious right is not putting a woman up. Right. So they are not. So why is saying that about a candidate who obviously doesn't have a chance? Why is that so because, wrong? Because the point wasn't if he had said, hey, Nikki Haley is a non-starter because the Republicans will never put her up. If, they, if he wanted to say that, 
that's fine. If you want to say Nikki Haley is a bad candidate because her real name, she's this Indian, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, her real, she's Indian. Right. So her real name is something far more complicated than Nikki. She has Americanized it, shortened it to Nikki. But he wanted to say, hey, Nikki Haley's been running from her identity for a number of years, and that is going to come back to bite her. That's fine. But you can't say she's too old. You can't say she's you can't. past her prime when all these other candidates are way past that. Great. Because you'd it, only it, say that about a woman. It, right. It's, it smacks of judging her by the way she looks. Yeah. And and in this, you know, you objectifying or whatever the, whatever the case may be. But... The thing about it is the things that men typically value about women, like looks is like one of the main ones, you know, looks, youth, purity, that kind of thing. That's what men value about women. So for a dude to say that, you know, as as another dude, I know exactly what he what he I feel like I know exactly what he means, Mm -hmm. but he can't say it. Yeah. And, And you know, what I mean, not not in 2023. No. You know what I mean? It's in in, in seventy three, it's, well, it's right. too testosterone. <laughs> exactly, it's too testosterone. Yes, sir. And it's also too, like that's how the patriarchy keeps pushing forward. But Don Lemon is a gay man. Don Lemon is a gay man. He's been gay as long as the day, as long as he's representing misogyny now. Don Lemon's Don Lemon's gay identity is now representing in full force. Um, male domination over women. This well, is what you know, this, the, this is what this art. episode is saying. Doesn't this, it just the doesn't this seem odd to you? Gay, I'm not gay saying men it's are right still men. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Right. I'm just saying that it's just it just seems odd. Is he still a man? The argument. And if he's a, yeah, the argument is that he's still a man. But how is he identifying? He's it, identifying it doesn't matter how he's identifying. It doesn't matter how he's identifying. He's still a man. And he, he's he's recognized as a man. It's not like he's recognized as a trans man or trans woman. I don't know which way it goes, but it's not it's not that he he's not recognized as making a crossover. You know what I mean? He's recognized as a man, as a man. that just yeah, likes other men. He's married to men, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like so 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 the 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 idea that the patriarchal Privilege is it still applies to Don Lemon. I mean, even though Don Lemon is black, so we we understand that it really don't right. apply to him. Well, no, thing. but it, but it it's applies when it but it applies when necessary. You know, you get that totem pole thing going, and you know, down at the bottom of the totem pole, you know, you get all the way down to the bottom of the totem pole. There's a Mexican woman and a black woman fighting to see who's supposed to be lower on the totem pole. Right. Yeah, I'll give you that. I, I, I acquiesce to that. You know, they they arguing because they know, you know, even even Don Lemon's crazy gay ass gets to sit higher on the totem pole. He's a man. He gets to sit higher on the totem pole than they do. I just find this also odd and ironic, and especially with all the things that we've seen, we've seen a lot of kids in America rejoicing and actually. Um, bruises healing from their faces, from their parents boycotting boy- Bud Light and Budweiser products. Um, if there's no other beer that's available in that area, and that's actually a win for the transgender community because they've actually saved a lot of kids some beatings at the hands of their drunken alcoholic Budweiser drinking parents. Now, of course, 
Um, they're probably drinking other beers like Schlitz and things of that nature, which I remember were very pissy, watery beers. But, you know, at least they're not getting drunk off a of butt. And if one kid got one night away from getting a beating, then that's a good thing as far as, like, that boycott is concerned. So, but the second part about it that I find is very interesting is that Budweiser is not doing anything that other companies in America doesn't do, which is basically attempt to pander to every possible demographic that drinks beer in America. Or every, if you're, if you're a lumber manufacturer, you know, you may sell rainbow wood at some point or whatever it is. You're going to, you're going to actually cater to that. And the reason why is that whole thing that started that whole Budweiser, um, that whole Budweiser boycott is simply the marketing department taking a small sliver of, of cans and putting them into that community and saying, hey, drink Budweiser too. But we as a society have gotten so bad, it's actually acceptable for you to boycott other people because of the way that they exist, because gay people have always existed. And I think that we as black people need to be paying special attention to that because it's highly allowable and acceptable for these people to go out and do this. And this is really just a small segment of people that have seen, you would have never, Grant, you would have never seen those cans in, cans in Detroit. If it wasn't for the internet, you wouldn't even know that that existed. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know it existed. That's good corporate marketing. This is what all corporations do. They, they might do something for um, St. Patrick's Day. You know, is that yeah, I mean, catering the drunk Irishman? The thing is, it's all, it's all publicity, though. You know what I mean? Like so, there's there's gonna be some outrage right now. But I mean, but Budweiser or whoever it is, they'll be back, and they and they gonna come back stronger than ever. Yeah, because alcohol they gonna, they gonna is latch stronger on. than most everything. Yeah, so. yeah, they gonna they gonna latch on to some other. They gonna latch on to some other celebrity. You know who is happiest? You know, if if they, the Kid Rocks of the world don't want to drink it, somebody else will. Right, you know, they're gonna latch on to some other celebrity, but they but they, they did pay. take a hit. They did take a hit for a week or so. Yeah, like their yeah, their they sales go, they were go. down uh, almost double digits for for a minute there. See, this is unfortunately for Bud Light, that's their, you know, that's their key demographic. Like their what if what if they were to lure Snoop away from uh who's Snoop Chorus? Who's who does Snoop do uh beer commercials? Oh, Chorus. No, uh, uh, no, Snoop does uh, uh the Mexican beer. Tecate. Uh, no, not Tecate. Uh, Corona. Corona. Oh, yeah. Right. So maybe. maybe. Yeah. What if What if they cut the check and lure Snoop away from uh, Corona? To come to Budweiser. They be They be right back on top. Nah, they be right back on top. It ain't even. It ain't even that group. They ain't Kanye. They ain't Kanye. Kanye speaks to that demographic. He says to the MAGA crowd, "It's okay to drink my beer." I'm Tucker Carlson needs a job right now. Maybe they could hire him. They could, yeah. Push I, Bud Light. Tucker Carlson is going to fall up. Yeah, he's definitely going to fall up. I don't know about that. Yeah, he's, he's, he, he's, he, 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 There's a good chance that he could fall up, but he's also a fairly toxic individual. Like, uh, he, what, uh, what other network? What other network is willing to like Rupert Murdoch? 
is going to wind up paying somewhere like the settlement was almost eight hundred million, of which he's probably only going to pay six. Um, he's going to pay the ticket, and he's going to keep it moving. It was profitable enough. The machine was profitable enough. But what? Who else out there is willing to say, "Hey, you know what? We're going to catch a lot of smoke behind this, but it's going to generate us enough profit that we'll be okay. Hmm. Whatever comes Let's- afterwards, we'll pay the chat. We'll pay the tip." Let's think about it. Who's got who's got a platform uh-huh. that is uh, basically an unsustainable model or or a, a, a losing business model that just he just acquired it not too long ago, and he could be looking for somebody to come through and boost that piece up because he's changing all the rules of how he's doing it. The three, the six, and the nine. The man <laughs> right. owns. The exactly. man owns. The man owns the car, and everything is shooting penis-shaped rockets into the sky. None right. other than Mr. Elon Musk. He's gonna. He may fall into another check. His 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 influence is going the other direction. Even if he even if somebody does give him a big media deal, his influence is going in the other direction. You know what he I may, thought? He may make money. You know what I thought it, today. In, in terms of like falling up, I'm like I find it conspicuous because it's like first of all, we we all know that we're almost two years into the cycle. So what happens in another couple of months? They start pushing political narratives and political candidates, right? So the two major networks now have both gotten rid of, you know, all of the faces that covered that last shit show. So I'm watching to see who actually gets pushed forward. That's one thing. The other thing that I'm looking into is that Tucker Carlson is a free agent at this time when this other orange guy is facing possible charges in Georgia this summer, a case in New York right now, and these people are ramping up. Now he's free to become the voice of that movement. And what would say what would say more that all of the things that they said about him that they, that he didn't believe in Trump, that those text messages were fake news. Then if he joined the Trump organization and became the political voice for that, how much money is that worth, is that pivot worth for Tucker Carlson? Well, you know, if you have no soul, it's worth a lot of money. I mean, I think that I think they collect your souls when you walk into Fox, even if you're just a beat reporter. Well, that's not an issue. So that's over. So, I mean, if that's... But it's, uh, there, if there's that's no falling obstacle. up for him. Huh? Like, he can, go be the, he can go be the front man for the Trump organization. Trump's got way too much shit to deal with. He's going to wind up in jail. One of these, one of these prosecutions is going to end badly for him. I think it's going to be the stuff in Georgia. Like, he really went overboard in Georgia. He did. They got him on tape. They got him on tape. There's no... There's no wiggling out of that unless they unless they find a way to move that thing to like the smallest, whitest county in Atlanta and Georgia and have the trial there, mm. you know, and get him get him tried in front of a, a, a jury of his peers, meaning, you know, 12, um, you know, rural farmers. <laughs> George, George is going to go bad for him. Look. You know, New York could go bad for him, but Georgia, I think, is definitely like that's definitely obstruction. That's definitely trying to overturn the election. Like that's he never his fingerprints were all over that. He never thought they, good. They old had Robert Kraft on tape. That's true. 
But they, he he they never threw, Kraft on he tape. never threw it the good old boys would turn against him though. That's why he was in Georgia. He was reckless in Georgia. He was reckless because he forgets that he ain't one of them. Talk all that shit. You ain't one of them. That's the truth. There's always somebody that's going to hate you. And that's like Sammy Davis Jr. Hey. was saying. You ain't one of My them. Man. My man. My man, Sammy yes, Davis. The Sandman. The Candyman can. The Candyman the can. The Candyman can. Hey, my favorite thing that by Sammy Davis Jr. is the episode of Charlie's Angels when he gets kidnapped. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> but Sammy, Sammy was on. Your, did you say your favorite thing about Sammy Davis Jr.'s Charlie's Angel episode? Charlie's Angel episode. He even had his wife in there. He even had his wife in there, and the, the, the thing giving us some props, showing the showing the love for his wife. Oh, nobody did it. Sammy Davis Jr. and he played he played dual roles. He showed his range. He was a janitor that looked like Sammy Davis Jr. And he was Sammy Davis Jr. You don't get performances like that today. You don't <laughs> You don't get that. That's cause you, that's cause we don't get shows. Remember every show used to have cameos back in the day, like right. the boat was loaded yes, with cameos. Yeah, absolutely. All them shows is loaded with cameos. Nobody does those anymore. I and they should they should bring it back. It connects us all with people. And it connects us all as people, but people Sammy, people who need people who Yeah, need Sam, Sammy people. Sammy was on all in the family. Yeah, yeah. man. Kiss Archie Bunker. He was on the Cosby show. Yeah. He was all. Sammy was the man. He yeah, was Sammy, the man. Sammy was every, everywhere, man. He was I everywhere. love Sammy Davis Jr. So, and he was, uh, he was the witness for Gregory Hines in uh, History of the World. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Jewish, huh? Call the temple. Ask Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Yeah. Sammy. So, Sammy, I, I sent you out a video that I came across this morning with Sammy Davis Jr. talking about how when Martin Luther King Jr. was killed, even he was preaching to half of a church. And the reason why is because people don't like you when you when you after a certain amount of time. It's like it's, it's hard to get a consensus and hold the public attention. And, you know, part of the reason why it was easy to take him out or it was probably taken, it was the time to take him out was because he was only preaching to half a church at that point. He had well, been against the war. Go ahead, Rob. He was, he, he was against the war. And he, had, he was against the war, and he had started his war on poverty. That's why it was time to take right. him out. It was, it was one thing when he was talking about freeing the brothers. <laughs> yeah. You can go and talk to that shit yeah. all you want. We'll just let him. But he started talking about our money. Fred Hampton started talking about people's money. Fred got to go. Martin Luther King started talking about people's money. Man, got to go. It's crazy because it's like we all know that that's the one path that you shouldn't go down. It's the one path you can't go down because if you do get enough of a consensus and people do start paying attention to you, you, you got to go. You're going you're gonna to face like Putin-like ta- tactics. Darts in your, darts in your, in your neck and... Poison in your suit, but then again, we're black, so they'll just pull us over. Don't right. Need to go we, through all of you, that. Yeah, exactly. You resisted arrest. Yeah. There'll be a video of you laying there as docile as a sleep kitten. 
And every time about he was resisting arrest, we had to kick his ass. We had to give him Dane Bramage. Dane Bramage. Because he was resisting arrest. People are really just, people are starting to catch on now. They're really starting to realize that um, all the outrage. It's like when we started these shows, it's like we sounded kind of like sick bastards. They shot somebody else. <laughs> Because like the because the point is the system has always worked the way that it was intended to be working, yeah. And we're starting right. to see that now. And they had that um, shooting in. Do you remember that shooting in Ohio that we saw a couple of months ago? I forget the young man's name. You know, shame on me. But they basically ran him from a traffic stop and chased him blocks. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And mm-hmm. there were like a hundred, two hundred and something shots. That were like put out there. Guess how many officers have been indicted? Zero. Zero. Uh-huh. Zero. They opted not to. They opted not to charge any of the police in that incident. So basically, they can run night maneuvers on you as a um, pedestrian at any point as a driver. That's in certain areas. Well, yeah. I don't think it's every. I don't think it's everywhere. And I don't think it's everywhere. It had me thinking about Suffolk County, you know, where I live, and there's a lot of fucked up things that happen in Suffolk County. But I can tell you that pretty much nobody's running up in your house unless you got drug money in it, and they got bills to pay that month, and they happen to know you got drug money in it. They're not really coming after you for mm-hmm. no warrants like that. Because nobody's really interested in risking their lives like that over there. They'll catch you in a different way. But I, I, Mm -hmm. you know, it had me thinking about Sammy Davis and how you can never, you can never, you're never going to get a a group of, a consensus of people that are going to follow you and going to believe in what you're saying. And if you do, it's dangerous. Rumor is he loves Sandra D, right? What was the what was the one him and Sandra D, bro? No, it wasn't Sandra D. There was no, another there was D. another was actress a... that literally studio head told him came in and said, "Look, you're going to be married in six months. You're going to find you a black woman. You're going to be married in six months, or you're going to get me dead." Yeah. And so he went. He had to go and, and find himself a black woman to marry, and he did. Uh, he threatened to ruin the, the chick's career, and then. You know, the whole thing with uh, with my Brit and the Kennedys. Right. He wasn't invited to the inauguration. Uh, after all that they had the, done. Yeah. After all that he had done, because he was dating a white woman. Yeah. Um, you know, but just because he ate white meat doesn't mean he wasn't a black man. Yeah. And he spoke, he Facts. definitely spoke that truth. He, he spoke that truth every time possible. And that's the problem. I thought about it in one of my interactions when I got on, and these people were like, well, listen, you're from the suburbs, and you're from the suburbs, and you're not from the same place that we are. As if when I walk into a space, a racist looks at me and says, that's a suburban nigger. I can tell. It doesn't work that way. So when are we going to find this ability to basically get together and like work together. Maybe we can work together in getting our reparations. Yeah. You mean us work together as a people, or are you talking about all people working together? Well, if you're talking about us working you together can't be, as a people, 
I, I think that. Do you think that? That's a that's a good question. Has that boat sailed? Has that boat honestly sailed? Can we just really? Can we just like take the win? I think that the I think the boat has sailed. I don't think it's possible for you to get a consensus of black people because of different economic. There's cultural, no such thing. Yeah, yeah. E- economic, cultural. There's just no difference. So then I, I sit there and I watch all these guys. I don't want to name anybody by name, but these guys that go out and they speak about the black culture, they have to know that. So is, does that make them more hustler than anything else, or is there a, is there a spot in this world for the black activists? Is there a spot for the black activist that only speaks about... Let's talk about the opposite of Sammy Davis. Sammy Davis Jr. was out there doing great things for black people at that time, despite the fact that he was spending the evenings with white women. He put his life on the line, which is more than what a lot of people can actually are doing today. Just existing and being black, we all have the same type of... um, what can I say, percentage of possibility of being harmed as anyone else in anything. But this guy was actually, he was in harm's way, Sammy Davis Jr. But, for example, um, what's his name? The guy with the school. If, oh, Doc, Doc. Dr. Kumar. Is it Dr. Is it yeah. Kumar? Doc, Dr. Umar. Dr. Dr. Umar. Dr. Umar. Okay. Dr. Umar wouldn't talk to Sammy Davis Jr. He wouldn't build with him. He wouldn't build with Sammy Davis Jr. Mm, I, I, I don't know about that. So, this, so let's just, I don't think, I don't even think all white people, because, I mean, we're talking about trying to move black people as a unit, but I don't even think all white people move as a unit. No, right. I not. think the the one percent that owns everything, they have similar interests. What now? What whether they have a you know what I mean? Like whether they have a meeting about it and decide what they're gonna do or not is not really the point. But the point is that they all have this money and they know that they want to move it. They want to protect it. They want they want to protect that money and they want to grow it. So their interests are aligned. So there's no need for it for a meeting necessarily. Now, white people that are not in that 1% identify, even though they'll never get there, but they they identify with those people because they've been sold the American dream, just like we've been sold the American dream. They're going to be what they're going to be there one day and when right. they get there they don't want to pay a death tax. They don't exactly. want to pay a wage, they don't have to pay a tax on their inheritance. Yeah, so the 1% probably moves as a unit. Everybody else just falls in line. If you were to build a coalition to combat that, what percentage of that would you assume would have to be black? Because as a black man and as a leader, Obama became president. He carried the black vote. He had to carry the black vote all the way. He had like monumental um, numbers, 90-something percent of black voters voted for Obama. But if you were going to build a coalition to actually like help people, because you can't really carve out black people from the experience of poverty right now. The experience of poverty is something that's being felt across the board. But in order to get this coalition going, which of course would probably in the end get you murdered, 
because you're you're now building a coalition with different people, with Latinos, with white people, with um, different ethnic groups that can that make up the different ethnic groups of white people and black people from the diaspora. Thirty five percent, forty percent. Then what do you do with the other black people that call you a sellout for actually building with other people who may actually just, even benefit from those from the things that you bring forth? You just got to let them, you just got to let them be. Right. You know, you can't really worry about that. You got to you got to build your base, make your base as wide and as strong as possible so that you can get make it as tall as possible. But, you know, there's you know, back to the quote of Sammy, yo. You know, even JC had enemies. They put him down. King of Kings, they put him down. That's right. Everybody got to have enemies. Yeah, so you can't really worry hating. about who's going to be against you. You got to worry about who's with you and who's for you. You know, protect that. Tell that to Malcolm. Tell that to Martin. Tell that to Stokely. Well, Not you know, Stokely. Mike, Malcolm, well, you, know. you know, Malcolm went against the power structure. Malcolm started to see that it was more than just race. Malcolm went out there and started to discover the world for himself, the world outside of the prisons, the world outside of the urban, urban inner city, and started to see that maybe, you know, while race is an American problem, it's also an American construct, and maybe we need to look at this differently. And That's now he's, the kiss of now death he's right there. In, now, now he was getting in the nation's pockets, and he was about to get in the white people's pockets. Mm. Once, once you start talking about... Once you start talking about bringing all people together, now it's a problem. And yeah. that's 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 Malcolm, that's Martin, you know, that's Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton. That you know what I mean? Like all, all of the That's Marjorie Taylor. All of the, the <laughs> She is she is definitely a bridge builder, Marjorie Taylor Green. <laughs> definitely a bridge yeah. builder. You know, I, I was thinking about her in context of this whole thing. It's just like a big, there's nothing that's really formed here. It's just the structure of a ball and everything. And then I imagine just different names just popped up. And I just thought about her for a second because I had seen a video with her pulling on a, you know, pulling on one of those barbells in between her legs and throwing it up over her head and everything. The clean jerk with the kettlebell. And I was thinking like, you know, this woman is just like she's a she's a um, agent of chaos, yep. And, and she is an agent of these people who basically want to sow division in the United States. And they will. And the first thing that they do is they tell you that you are sowing division in the United States by speaking out against them, because it's the unnatural order of things for you to even have an opinion. We shouldn't even be listening to what you have to say. This is how they want to deal with history. This is how they want to deal with getting rid of, you know, how do you get rid of, like, black history? You know? And this AI stuff, holy shit. Did you peep the AI? Oh, my God. Did you peep the AI this week? Listen. Can we get into that for I us? heard a... I saw, I saw uh, or heard a Biggie Tupac joint that AI did. That was... It was pretty. It was pretty spot on, bro. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty spot on. How are you gonna get rid of that? They're trying to get. They're trying to. They've basically been trying to replace 
everything that black people, the reason why you can't get rid of black people in this country is because we bring too much flavor and too much um, pizzazz and funk into this whole uh, mix. I, I'm not really sure if that's the reason why you can't get rid of them. Like, they'll, you know, they'll survive on vanilla if they have to. But, it's, you know, there's, there's so many of us who are broke and who don't got TVs and we just keep reproducing. That's why you can't get rid of us. <laughs> can't kill us fast enough. Well, that's funny. I don't know if that's true. Dude, they'll, they'll be fine with they'll be fine with vanilla if if that's what if that's all you have, that's all you have. I don't think you know. That's... And there'll be there'll be some who remember that there used to be this other flavor, but they'll just get used to what it is, man. Well, that's the whole point of AI. AI is going to replace that flavor. It replaces the need for you don't need the real Biggie and Tupac. You can have a computer make them over and over and over again. You get all the funk with none of the, with none of the uncomfortable conversation about being black. Yeah, it's only going to go so far. Because you you still need the template, though. You know what I mean? The, the Biggie and Pac are the template for what the AI is doing. But so you still you time, still need them. Like, but the the AI isn't having any new experiences, like. Humans have experiences. They bump into things. They, they, they go under things. They, they get roughed up by something. And that causes them to squeal. And sometimes those squealings are art. And AI doesn't have that. So AI can replicate Biggie's flow. Um, and you can suggest for it to talk about something. But it's never going to spontaneously bring up this topic that just, you know, that resonates with you because... They're not living, the AI isn't living that experience. It's not, I didn't get pulled over last week. Let's say. And I got a beef with the cops. Let's say you get a microchip. Let's say they microchip people, which is what they're actually doing in a lot of places. So now what you're saying about those experiences are actually now, actually now discernible and actually quantifiable and the data can actually be collected. Well, well, is the microchip, are you downloading, are you downloading? your feelings and your experience into this microchip, I mean, they're going to microchip people to track them. Yeah, no. But until you can start downloading your emotions into this chip, which can then share it with the AI. They can't get to your emotions because those are brainwaves just yet, or who knows if they'll find a way to monitor your brainwaves. Everything's electricity. But they can, but what they can monitor is they can monitor your heart rate, your breathing patterns, basically how you're, what you're doing. Whether or not it causes you stress, your activity rate at these points of time, all this stuff can be quantifiable. So it's like I can argue, I can easily make a make an argument that you microchip mm, ten million kids in the ghetto, and it's a good thing to do because now you can track them, and there's no possible way they're going to get money they're not supposed to have. If one of these kids is like microchipped and has five dollars in their bank account. And it's driving a Benz. That's the one that goes to jail. Okay, so that's like the first thing that you can actually use it for. And the second thing you can do is like if that kid goes up and becomes a rapper, AI can actually use his experiences from the beginning of his life up until the time that he becomes successful. To yeah, but the, but the experiences that unless they find a way to to translate the electrical brain waves into 
data. Uh, the experiences that make him right are all stuff that the chip can't track yet. Well, Rob, you know, it can track it can track your stress levels, but it doesn't know what made you stressed. Well, just it can, it can track your it can track your your you know uh, your heart rate and whatever, but it doesn't know why your heart rate is up or down. It doesn't know what you are seeing or feeling that's causing those changes. And that's why you have humans. And that's where that's where the inspiration is. Well, from. but that's when you have you get humans and to fill in the gaps with AI, and that's what they do with AI. You have psychologists that come in and write programs and and teach the machine how to interpret these things, and that's the scary part about all of that is because once you put the human element, you know, they had that AI that they unplugged. There was a there was an AI that they unplugged because it had started to feel like the creators started to feel like it was sentient, and it had feelings. And you know, if you get a sentient AI that can connect to every and any and any source in the United States, and I mean, listen, we may not have chips, but we've got iPhones, and the iPhones have health trackers, and a lot of times we think these things are off and they're still on. So, you know, if they're still on, if I never turn the shit on and everything, who's tracking all the information? Now, you want to go deep into conspiracies. Bill Gates is buying fields where he's growing these new types of seeds that are RNA, um, RNA reactive or something, some term like that, where they can actually, like, have these seeds, the food, work against certain biologies, Certain biologies. Hmm. You know, what are we what are we yeah. really up against here? You know, I'm starting to think that maybe I should it might be time we'll, it might be time no, go ahead, Grant. What were you gonna say? I was I was gonna say we'll we'll never know what we're up against. Because the tech the tech is is hundred two hundred years ahead of what we believe the tech is. You know what I mean? They they got they got they can they can put a missile they can put a missile up somebody's ass from the other side of the world. That's some tech for your ass right there, bro. Yeah man. And that's and we know about that. You know what I mean? Just imagine the things that we don't know about that they that they've already kind of specked out the tech and have an application for it that may not it, it just may not be useful for the general population but there is a use for it I guarantee you there's a shit ton of tech right now that they are sitting on that could help tons of people they just haven't figured out how to monetize it yet right yeah. I, like, I believe that too they're like yo this this should have worked this should could cure this well ain't no money in cures <laughs> Right, right. So, <laughs> cures one time. It's sitting on a shelf. Right, cures one you know, time. They can figure it out. It's yeah. sitting on a shelf. That was that's the whole premise behind that movie Elysium, is that the cure is like the cure is not beneficial to the collective. So, it's you pay for yours and we get ours for free. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like the society that we're moving towards, and you know. If we're going to have honest conversations about some of this stuff, genetics and and population control and and um, AI as it exists now and what type of jobs are going to be available in the future and in the near future and what types of sacrifices does society have to make 
in order to actually move forward, those sacrifices can't just be with one group. But it's obvious like that's the way that it's actually headed. So And when you when you say that one group, you mean all the poor people? That's the group you're talking about? That's what I'm talking about. And unfortunately for some of when, you... And, and you're also going to have to define moving forward, too. Because I think everybody's got a different idea of what moving forward is. Well, moving forward is just really simply survival. And that's the part of it that's very difficult. It's, you're right, it's, very, it's almost impossible to define that. When you're talking about moving forward, moving forward is different things for different people. We're in our 50s. We could very well live to our 80s and be very cognizant, productive men. Or we could, something could happen, knock on wood, any moment now and actually change that, which would change the trajectory of everything. There is a yeah, I have a, I have a feeling trajectory. that I'm going to get taken down by, you know, an STD in my 70s. Yeah, well. <laughs> I can see that. And not going treated because the, because the nurses find out about each other. And since, they're, and since they work all your shifts, it's, just, it's a wrap. I can see that happening, bro. I might be in between, you know, I might not have my visa in whatever country I'm living in yet, so I don't have access to that medical care. Yeah. Don't want to fly all the way back to the States to get whatever, so I just, whatever. Okay, yeah, I'm just It's a drip. I'm so every, who doesn't have a drip? There you go. America. By then you should be able to you should be able to probably just uh, take a pill and everything. Whether or not they'll make it available to you, that's yeah. something different. It could be like the morning after no pill. They'll make an EpiPen for it. An Epi Now that that would be something. I think it would be called a Peppy Pin. Like for <laughs> 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 yeah. Boom. Oh, I got a little burn going. Yeah. Okay. Well, people be doing it on dates. It'd be like going on ayahuasca retreats, people sitting around in a, in a circle shooting themselves. <laughs> Let's not talk about our senior right. home goals. All right, right everybody now, juice up. Let's not talk about or, our senior home everybody, goals doing this show, bro. Yeah. <laughs> or I, I remember a certain period in time, I will use no names, but I remember that there was a there was a friend of ours who, you know, she liked to get around. Good for her. But, you know, there was like a line at the clinic because of her. Like, mm. like six, six dudes, five, six dudes in one week, all complaining about with the same symptoms. I must have missed that one. Thank you. Let's see if the, Thank if, you. If the peppy pen was out. If the peppy pen was out, we'd be yeah. good. You yeah, know, they could they could they could have juiced up prior. You know when exactly. you ta- you know when you talk about when you talk about death goals and things like that. I mean, this is what we're seeing with people of our with like a lot of guys our age. Like they really have this death wish. They really like want this war to occur. And, like, you know, have this big shootout with things. And I just think it's really selfish on their part. Because, like, you know, when we were in our 20s, how would you have felt if a bunch of 50-year-old men would have came in and started shooting up the club when we were trying to get laid? You know what I'm saying? These dudes is, like, they're past their prime. Like, America is, like, the the past their prime grazing ground right now. 
And all they want to do is just take the take the stuff away. I'm not mad at young people for like still getting laid. I'm still getting laid. I hope that you're still getting laid. But why do you want to shoot people up just because of the fact that you're not happy with you're not getting laid? I I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah, but you know, you you wouldn't understand. Yeah. When when people are miserable, they don't they don't want you to be around them and be happy. Misery exactly. don't just love company; it loves miserable company. Yeah. Uh, so if I'm if I'm unhappy, I want you to be unhappy too. I don't I don't want to be unhappy and have you next to me all happy and shit. I mean, that's so, a problem for me. You, you can't understand it because you have charisma. You you were able to get some. You were able to t- you were able to talk some draws off somebody. Mm, that's the truth. Never had to you know, fight there's, there's some folks who can't talk to, who can't talk nobody's draws off. They fucking True. miserable. Yeah, we were we were having that conversation on the other app the other day, and it was like I understand what it's like to be able to willingly get women to take their clothes off. I don't understand the other thing about having a come on, honey, like grabbing your stuff and pulling them and like all that other stuff. I don't I don't understand like the whole uh, I don't understand the aggressive path. It seems all unnecessary to me. Just come take some smooth John classes, and things will go better for you in your life. We can't, we can't all be Le Liberator. Le Liberator. People, are, people are, especially now, man. People, people are socially awkward now. You know what I mean? It's, oh, they're it's much not worse a, than they even used to. There, yeah. yeah, there's no, uh, uh, it's particularly younger people. Younger people don't. They don't have no no like vocal skills. They just, you know, they just out here exist. No vocal skills. They hide behind the screen. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they pop off behind the screen. More yeah. importantly, they pop off like the moment she says something they don't like, they just go they go nuclear on her. I'm just wondering if we're not the most fucked up generation of people like ever. I'm not saying us in particular because we're still all right, but I just think like a lot of people in that generation are the most fucked up people ever because we didn't give them a chance. We made them this way so that they're afraid to go out and do the same experiences that we had. They're scared shitless, so much so that the structures don't exist for them to go out. And, you know, we've, we've taken the society and the, the guise of making it quote-unquote better, we've taken everything and turned it into a fucking felony or at least a misdemeanor. You know, it's, it's like sucks. I don't know about all that, but we, we have definitely... Technology, all these things that we have done to quote, quote unquote make the society better, have had the opposite effect. Bro, let me just and, ask you what? Let me just ask you ask one me. question because we're running out of time. This is this is for both of you guys. Have you ever had sex in public? In yes. a public place? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Second question: Have you ever been caught on camera having sex in public? Yes. No, not that I know of. Okay, but. Okay, out of all the times that you've been caught at having sex, because I know, Rob, you've, you've had sex in public more than once. Most times, you have not been caught on camera having sex. Uh, most times, I was not caught on camera, but I have been caught on camera a couple times. Okay, that's my whole, that's my whole synopsis and everything. Burn the fucking tapes. Let these motherfuckers break a couple of laws and get away with some shit. Some harmless shit. Let's, like, go out, like, yo, why is it, like, we can't let some kids go out and steal pumpkins on Halloween 
and put them on their neighbors' lawns and take ornaments from one house and put them on their neighbor's house and the other house and put the numbers on the other house. All things that we participated in when we were kids, okay? Your crime spree, Suffolk County, 40 years later, is solved. It was us. We were doing these things. And it was fine. They woke up, they said, look at these motherfuckers. And then they moved their shit back. And everybody was okay. Let's let these kids be kids. Let's, like, try to, that like, yo, we need to start a coalition to get rid of these, these grumpy-ass, non-Budweiser-drinking motherfuckers. But then again, Dude. then I'd have to get rid of myself because I don't drink Budweiser anyway. Dude. That's got system. nothing to do with, the, with what, you, what you wear in your panties. <laughs> the system was always designed to create obedient followers. Right. And so they have just perfected the ways of making sure that they have obedient followers. And unfortunately, I was born to not be an obedient follower and find ways to poke holes in every type of system because guess what? I want to have sex in the park. And on that note... Born you in still have sex in Timberline Park all these years later? Epi- no, no. <laughs> Episode 6. From Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Mr. Robert Brooks with the good looks. Really? I'm sorry. It's Roberto Clemente Park now. That's why you're not having sex in Timberline I'm anymore. Because it's Clemente. It's no longer my park. Grant... From Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> Did you get to have sex it. in Noble Street Park? Somebody say it. You had sex in Noble Street Park, Rob. You had sex in Noble Street Park. You had well, sex. I mean, it was, a, it was also the cut through to get to Craig's house. So you remember we used to hop that fence, whatever, and, and then it, we were in the little court. That's how we know we were Street cutting Park. through and saw you having sex in Noble Street Park. <laughs> From Detroit, Michigan, home of City Wings. Two eight nine six West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. Come down and get you some. Come get you some. Point in trouble. Sixth episode. Wow. Guess what? 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 I I only had sex in the park because she wanted to. I hate. Takes two to tango. See y'all next week. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>